Welcome to the Fearless Vampire Podcast. I'm on a heartfelt mission through the art of conversation and storytelling to inspire women to pursue their creative entrepreneurial journey with reckless abandon. I'm your host, Taylor, a six-figure photographer and business coach based in Colorado. I'm a right-brain mompreneur to two toddler boys, devoted deep conversation holder, and your personal alpaca cuddle liaison. My hope is that you leave our time together feeling empowered and energized to build your dream life. Learn more at fearlessvampire.com. It's no surprise that in this day and age, it is no longer nice to have a website. It is an absolute necessity. Whether you are a coach, a creative, a photographer, videographer, or selling pets treats, it's absolutely necessary for you to have a website if building a brand and especially a brand experience is important to you. I'm so excited to introduce one of my new friends, Erin Schmelik. She lives in Salida, Colorado, and she is a branding and website design expert and the founder of Hello Rising Tide. Erin, thank you so, so much for being here. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. So Erin and I met a few years ago. She has been guest speaking to my photography students since 2020 and, or I guess 2021, I guess it was the the tail end of those two marrying uh, 20 and 21. And it's just one of the calls that I really look forward to because that's the part of the course, Erin, where we're actually moving into the tactile stuff and people like my students actually getting to execute on all the foundation that they've been laying and making an actual brand. And their website. So I just, we just had the call with Erin with this group of students. And immediately I was like, oh my gosh, I got to get her on the podcast. So I'm just so excited you're here. <laughs> oh, thank you so much. And yeah, it's been such an awesome experience getting to talk to your launch to livelihood groups and then seeing all of their awesome work come to life. I know it's, it's so crazy and exciting to see like everything that they're manifesting for the first few weeks and doing like the really hard soul searching actually come to fruition and see what it looks like visually. So it's really cool to like see their heart getting poured out onto the internet into a website. But Erin, I want to start with your story. I want to hear the story of you. I've, I've already heard this over coffee and I just absolutely adore the journey that you've been on to get to where you are, first of all, but then also like the birth of Hello Rising Tide. I'm so excited for you to share all that with us. So ready, set, go. Jump on in. (laughs) All right. Well, I started uh, in corporate, so I kind of took the path that I thought was, was supposed to be taken and was the most stable path was working for corporate companies. From everything from like in finance to um, software development. And I was really lucky that the sort of the last corporate job I had, I really loved actually. And that was, was it even corporate America? Because you were in Australia, right? So you have, you have this world view of like corporate everything. <laughs> I know it feels like a different lifetime ago, but yes, I was working for an Australian company. I started working for them in Denver and then they moved sort of most of their operation back to Australia and asked me if I wanted to come with. Um, I was their first product manager, sort of managing new features in their in their software product, which did recruitment, uh, basically like a recruitment software. 
And of course I said, yes, I was like, I had nothing keeping me in Denver and um, little did I know what amazing like opportunity it would be not only just to go check out Australia, but I worked from everywhere from like Bali to New Zealand. And that was really cool. I just knew though in my heart. So that lasted about three and a half years. And I just never in any corporate setting felt like I could truly be myself. Like I was supported in the way that I wanted to be. Um, And the one thing that that company really taught me was like, well, I want this freedom and this flexibility of sort of that remote lifestyle, but not tied to a company. So that's when I started kind of thinking about starting my own thing. And I was still working for them full time while I was starting to kind of come up with what that would look like, which essentially became website design. So I literally did like a, my brother's friend's food truck website was like the first website I did for free. And I did all the photography for it too. And, and then the universe kind of gave me the sign that I needed. It was like, I think in March of probably March of 2017, maybe 2018, I can't remember, but I was still working for this company and they decided to let me go. They had a full team of product managers. By that time I was back in the States. And I mean, honestly, I just, I wasn't, I definitely wasn't doing much on a day-to-day basis. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I guess now they call it quiet, quietly quitting, which is definitely what I did. Go, go yeah. millennials giving it a cool name. So in March of 2017 or 2018, they let me go. And I was actually going to leave in, in March. Like I was just kind of waiting to save up a little bit more money. Um, and they paid me through March. So isn't it so funny how stuff like that pans out? My mom experienced that with retirement. She was like, I know I need to retire. I know it's time, but something's telling me to just stay for a little bit longer. And then the pandemic hit and she was able to like get I don't know what it was, but some kind of severance package. And she was like, what if I had gone into retirement one month earlier? It's just, and like her health insurance was paid for like two years or so. I mean, just listening to that Mm -hmm. intuition is like, you almost feel sick at the different paths that it could have gone in if you had ignored it. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, the universe kind of gave me the kick that I needed to just go do, do the thing. And, um, yeah, I've been doing this business. I mean, I want to say it's four and a half years, so I don't know if that, I think that was March of 2018, but I have been, yeah, I've had my business for about four and a half years now, and it has kind of taken on a life of its own. I never really realized, I don't think I ever really understood what the, like the potential of working for yourself. And I think you, you know, one of your questions you sent me was limiting beliefs. So we can get into all of that, but let's, let's move right into it. Cause we've, we've, we've had this money conversation Mm -hmm. over coffee of like, wait a minute, I can do what as my own business owner, like financially goals are just something that I know Mm -hmm. I will achieve. It's just, Let's move right into that. What what were some of those limiting beliefs that you placed on yourself mm-hmm. or culturally you were given to at birth or whenever? Well, I mean, culturally, for sure, that like a corporate job was the most stable path. Um, I didn't ever see anything else because nobody in my family was entrepreneurs. Um, they sort of all, all took that path as well. 
So I never really had like an example of what working for yourself would mean or look like. So yes, corporate was the most stable. I assumed that working for myself, I mean, literally thought that, oh, like I had the thought that I might not make that much money, but at least I'll be happier working for myself. Oh my gosh, Erin, that's so beautifully said. I might not have a lot of money, but at least I'll be happy. Like <laughs> That's when you know that you're meant to be an entrepreneur. Yeah, exactly. So that is false. <laughs> um, you know, I've been able to surpass like what I'm the most I ever made in corporate and everything, which is awesome. Okay. So yeah, stability, there was definitely like a scarcity aspect of it, knowing that there's lots of website and brand designers out there. Like why would somebody work with me there? Let's see what else were, I mean, there's a huge worthiness aspect of that. Like what I just said, sort of why would you yeah. want to, you know, why would somebody want to work with me? And the best thing that I did to undo some of these beliefs was to work with a business coach, like early on. Um, and her name is Jackie. Yes. Yeah, so tell me about that. Jackie yeah, Carr. Jackie Carr. <laughs> I want to hear about what that experience was like. Cause was that one of the first big investments that you made? It was. Yeah, it was. And, um, it was, let's see, I might've still been working full time. I honestly can't really remember, but that was like, by far the best thing that I've ever done. She helped me do everything from like, understand like my brand values and mission and kind of dive into all that brand piece, but then also really get in this, well, undo those limiting beliefs and switch the mindset, you know, to creating this life that I really, well, I really love today, but Without that mindset and those shifts, I don't know really where I would be today. I, you know, I still carry around some of those beliefs in, in different sort of levels of that, but undoing those at the beginning and being able to sort of step into this path with a better mindset, like was by far one of the best things that I ever did. And I definitely needed somebody to help me. <laughs> yeah. Mike just went to a mindfulness retreat in Salida, actually. And the guy who was speaking said something along the lines of, you can't control your first thought ever. Like you just can't control that initial gut punch thought, mm. but you can control your second thought. And I think that's one of those things that like, especially with, with money and mindset and scarcity and abundance, like you just can't control that initial knee jerk reaction. But the time between that, that first thought and that second thought being something you do have control over, I think like shortening that gap mm -hmm. is the goal. Ultimately. Yeah, I absolutely agree. And I think that it's such a practice to like be aware enough that you have, you do have control over your mindset. And I definitely get in these spirals of like, oh my God, I'm never going to get another client again. And <laughs> And then it's just like the universe right. is like, are you serious? I mean, you've been doing this for four and a half years and it's never been that way, you know? And then of course, new business comes in and everything. So I think the one thing that I really realized is that, so I feel like I'm on my most aligned path and being an entrepreneur in general, like I probably will do something like this for a while, but I have other businesses that I also want to kind of dabble in. But once... I got on that aligned path, everything else sort of fell into place. Like, I feel like I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing in the world and everything else just kind of comes, you know? So 
Isn't it like liberating and also terrifying when it does pan out that way, <laughs> when everything does align and you're like, huh? Because Aaron, even, and maybe you can touch on this. One of the things that I think people like you and I and anybody living where they actually want to live take for granted is that we had to make that decision. Like I wanted to live in a small mountain town. We wanted to own land. But that was still a decision that only entrepreneurship gave me the confidence to do. And you moved to Salida as well. Like you left the city. What was that journey like? Because that's a that's a huge step. And I feel like we totally take it for granted that there are people who want to live where they're not living, whether it's Greece or it maybe it is Australia, or maybe it's a tiny podunk mountain town that nobody's yeah. ever heard of, like Nathrop. And so what what was that transition like for you? Well, first of all, I never felt aligned with living in a city. <laughs> it just didn't. I don't think my nervous system is really set up for that. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, I don't know. Some people, I mean, when people are like, I want to live in New York, I'm like, you do you, but that's not, no, <laughs> I couldn't handle that. Mm -mm. I can't yeah. stand the smell of New York. Like my, my like nose senses, which is like, I've never experienced anywhere else except in Colorado when I'm in pine trees and I'm like, oh, childhood. But then I go to New York and I'm like, I gotta go lay in like a dark room. I smelled too much today. It's the weirdest experience. <laughs> so yeah, I never really felt aligned living in a city, but of course I did because um, that's where the jobs were. And I wanted um, just a quieter, like simpler life. I wanted to be closer to the outdoors and live in a place that really uh, championed that work sort of work-life balance. I love Salida because there are so many amazing entrepreneurs here. Yeah, there are. Yeah, I was blown away, really blown away by by that. And I think even just being in a town where probably 90% of the businesses are essentially small businesses, just makes it feel like more supportive of that. And I think also has opened my mind to like the other businesses that could be possible. So I, I love it. Like I feel so at home here more than probably most other places that I've lived. And yeah, I just, I just really love it. So it's been a great transition and I feel so lucky Obviously, this was before like everybody worked remotely, but um, and they can now like live anywhere as well. But I am so lucky that I started my own business and was able to really create this life, um, which I think is so important in something that I talk to my clients about is it's not about just starting a business. It's really about for me, it was about starting something that supported a lifestyle I wanted. That's amazing. <laughs> Iron, I'm getting ready to record a three-part series about the week after I quit my corporate job. Would you shed some light on what that week looked like for you? Like that very first week after you got let go, what other than just like, you know, maybe laying and watching Bridget Jones's diaries, like, or if, and if you did, great. But like, what did that week, because I'm, I'm always curious for people who are running successful small businesses. And our entrepreneurs, that week is like burned into my brain so much so that I'm going to do a whole three-part series on it. So what was that like for you? That's a great question. I can't remember exactly what it was like, but I can kind of speak to like probably the feelings I was feeling is one of not having a structure anymore, really. Um, 
I felt like, you know, in corporate, I feel like you kind of, you, you have your day laid out. You kind of know what your objectives are. And then when you kind of do start, what you're told. Yeah, essentially. Um, or you just sit there and you get paid for it, which, you know, I'm, I, there's parts of that that I miss, but <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> but I think it's like, okay, well, how do I build my own structure? And I think that's probably something that I was like starting to think about, but I think as an entrepreneur is so, so, so important is to like have a routine that you set up and put in place for yourself. So I was probably like trying to do that, but I will tell you one thing. I ended my job with them and I think I went to Bali maybe a month later. And the reason I went to Bali was a couple reasons because I wanted to kind of like have a time where I shifted that, like, okay, now I'm moving out of corporate and I'm moving into doing my own thing, which obviously I could do while I was in Bali, but also just to kind of like celebrate that this transition is, has essentially happened. I love that you mentioned that because it's like sticking it to the man. We, um, Mike was waiting for me on 17th street in Denver the day that I quit Mm -hmm. and I gave him my two weeks but they didn't take it. They were like, leave. And so Mike had the car packed and we went to Telluride and Ure for a week, literally to like do the same thing, just celebrate the transition, but also to really crank on what the business was going to look like and do it in a beautiful. So I, I I love that. I mean, Bali sounds amazing. I'm so (laughs) glad that you did that for yourself. Yeah, I was, I agree. I think it was a really good sort of like, okay, this was me. And now we're transitioning into this. And Bali was always a place I traveled there a lot when I was in Australia, just a place where I could really be myself and like, kind of unwind, let go of all the noise. So it just was, yeah, it was a great place to kind of help with that transition. So yeah, I don't know really what my week after I quit was, but I probably was pretty excited. And I probably just like took a breath for a minute. (laughs) That's awesome. Good for you. So you said that you you got a lot of clarity working with Jackie on your brand and what it was going to embody. Let's talk about what is your brand position? What is Hello Rising Tide's mm. brand position? And yeah, just just touch on yeah, that first. I'd love to. Um, so our brand position is that everyone has their own unique ma- magic to share with the world. And essentially like our passion and sort of mission is to help you share that so that you're making the impact you were meant to make in the world. And some of the reasons we say that is like your own unique magic is I think a lot of people get stuck in that. Like, well, again, I mean, there's plenty of web and brand designers, but we all do it in our own unique way. Right. So we all have our own unique perspectives that we bring to the work that we do. And so we want to like instill that, like, yes, you can, because you are you, And that's, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of your value that you're bringing to it. And then really we, we love working with what we say, small businesses with big impact. So anybody that we work with, we really want to just help them scale their impact and help them serve more people. So you're in the process right now of going through a rebrand. When, when does a, when does a business know or when does an entrepreneur know that they have officially outgrown their brand? Because I feel like whenever people initially start their business and do their brand, you don't know what that business wants to be. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like I, I know for me, it was about four or five years in. I was like, oh, this is taken on, like you said earlier, a life of its own. When do you start getting those 
kind of nudges from the universe that it's time for to kind of revisit the drawing board and see what your business stands for X amount of time later? Yeah, that's a great question. Well, I'll kind of speak to my experience, but this will be the second sort of rebrand that I I do. I renamed my business, I think about two years ago and did a rebrand then. And the reason I did that initial rebrand is one, I didn't feel connected to the business name anymore. I didn't, you know, I, I, that I, that's what I had started with and like my, you know, web design skills and all, all the projects I had done were above and beyond sort of what I, you know, had initially put out there. And this time around, it's time to really elevate my brand. Um, I'm at a point where I'm working with higher budget clients and currently my brand and like sort of what I put out there, I don't feel really like matches that. So, I mean, that's a huge reason I see a lot of people rebrand is they're like, yeah, well, this is kind of what I started with, but now I'm ready to scale. I'm introducing a new offering and I really want to solidify what I'm putting out there. Not just like your logo and stuff, but once you start putting more content out there and everything, you know, you really need that foundation of a brand to be able to make all that consistent. Yeah. So yeah. why why is that so important? Like, why is it so important for your brand to very, very quickly convey your brand position, your brand personality as an entrepreneur? Well, I think it's important because that's how people initially connect with you and having the consistency across platforms, everything you're putting out there helps them to remember your brand. So you want it to connect with them, feel memorable and also sort of start to um, convey your uniqueness through, through your brand. So you, it's no surprise, Erin, that there are a lot of website designers out there. And I feel like you, you never know what you're going to get when you're working with somebody or if you buy a template or a theme. I mean, mm-hmm. there's, there's probably millions out there at this point. What would you, and you specifically work with Squarespace, correct? Do you work with other platforms as well? I do. I work with Squarespace, WordPress, and Shopify are sort of my top, my three Awesome. Um, And we'll get more into that in here in just a little bit. But what would you say are like three elements that entrepreneurs should look for that are absolutely non-negotiable when they're looking for their next website design, whether they're purchasing a template or they're working with somebody and and they're looking over their portfolio? What are like three non-negotiables that you would say, if this is missing, Mm-hmm. run for the hills. Like that is, that is not where you need to be. That's not the space or the person that you need to work with. Yeah, that is a great question. So I'll start with one thing that I see a lot, like a beautiful website is yes, important. We want it to be aesthetically pleasing and obviously convey your brand and your story, but functionality and user experience like under the umbrella of like strategy is really, is really important. So we're kind of like strategy first, design second. And what you could look for in that sort of realm is things like a clear call to action, a clear user journey. So, you know, are you presenting your offerings on the homepage and kind of giving these different pathways for people to explore what you're offering? 
I would say also, I always say like a clear brand statement. So it's essentially like right when they land on the website, tell them who you are, what you do and for whom so that they know that they're in the right place. Like right away. I mean, literally, I think we have, you know, they say like three to five seconds essentially to catch somebody's to essentially connect with that person that's landing on your website. So we want them to know that they're in the right place. And then, yeah, I would just say, you know, feeling like if I guess this is more of you're working for, with a website designer that they're that you're actually putting purpose. Like that's how I define strategy is like putting purpose behind what you're creating. So your website, whether it's a template or you're working with somebody should be supporting your business goals. So I would look for somebody who, you know, gets down to those and, and you're kind of connecting your website with those goals. Also, I'll just mention one other thing that I always say is that your website should be your best employee. So it should absolutely be doing something for your business that can be, you know, selling for you on a great sales page that could be doing some sort of admin. Like I have a lead capture form that goes into my CRM that can be, like conveying your style, especially as a photographer with, you know, all of your, all of your amazing images. And so, yeah, it should just be working for your business. That's how you're going to get a return on whatever investment you made. Awesome. Okay. So having a clear brand strategy and you say that you prioritize that over like the design or not over, but first and foremost, having a clear mm -hmm. strategy, a strong like right out of the gate, strong brand position and about me. And I have a question about that. But then third, putting purpose behind what you're creating. And I 100% agree with you, Erin, with your employee being like your best or not your employee, your website being your best employee. And sometimes your only employee for a very long time. Um, It's very hard as a creative entrepreneur to like, even process the thought of hiring somebody, but even hiring like a copywriter or an attorney to write your contracts. I mean, that's still hiring somebody and having a very clear website is going to make their life easier whenever they can go on and know exactly what you're about. There's a quote by Paul Cookson that says websites promote you 24 seven. No employee will do that. And it's so true because like not even the best employee, if you pay oh. them a million dollars a year, they're not going to promote you. Yeah. They can't promote you 24 seven. Right. So don't, I mean, essentially you're, you know, paying the, whatever you need to pay for hosting or whatever, but like, essentially you're not paying this employee, you know, it really, if you optimize it can be such a great asset for your business. Yeah. And going, going back to your second, um, second piece of advice, having a strong brand position and like a very clear about me, very like right out of the gate. What are your thoughts on slogans or taglines? Businesses that have a slogan or a tagline, do you, are you a huge advocate for that? Or do you think that there's other ways to quickly convey a brand position? I do. I love taglines. Like a good tagline can really, really convey like, yeah, your brand and what you're doing. And I would say, you know, sometimes the thing is, is like on a website, I usually don't use like logos with taglines because it would be so small, but you could use, so instead you could on sort of like right when they land on the website, use your tagline. And then below that sort of like say exactly what you do. Cause a tagline is very short, you know, I mean, maybe max five words, but So I don't know that you're going to get across everything that you do and who you work for, but I do think it's a way to kind of like capture or kind of make that connection or like even just capture the imagination of somebody. 
I have a client right now and hers is sacred motherhood design. I mean, I kind of like just through that tagline, I'm not, I'm not a, a mother, but it kind of like makes me think like, oh, that just sounds great. You know, like I want to know more. <laughs> Which is awesome because it literally goes back to what you were just preaching about. Like there's going to be probably at least one, if not millions of other people in the workspace that you're in. But when you, you know, bring your awesome sauce or some people call it a superpower or whatever, when you bring that to the table and make it very clear in your branding, what it is that you're offering and why you are the best person, you connect with your people so quickly. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, uh, 100%. There is space for everyone out there. So absolutely. Aaron, if you had a billboard on I-70 for like the whole, let's say the whole world at some point was going to end up on I-70, what would you want it to say? Like, is there any piece of advice that you would want an entrepreneur to know about branding and design or just from your heart of hearts? Maybe it's like, I don't know, donate more or whatever. What, mm-hmm. what, what would you want that billboard to say? I mean, the one I was reading these questions, the thing that came to mind, I feel like it sounds kind of like cheesy, but anything is possible. And I think that's what entrepreneurship has taught me is like, not only is this business possible, but I could start another business and have multiple businesses one day. I think designing your lifestyle, anything is possible there. Like if you want a quiet life, like I did in the mountains, it's possible. So I think that that's sort of what entrepreneurship has opened my eyes to. That's so, so perfectly worded. And I agree with you. We, um, We've started so many businesses. I mean, every like having one business be successful and sometimes it takes many attempts like this. Whenever this will be my 10th year shooting full time. This was not my first attempt at starting a photography business. I had started in college with an awful website with an awful papyrus logo and this awful like royal purple. It was like one of the five colors that you could pick for a Wix site at that point. It was awful, but that was my very first attempt. My second attempt was after I moved to Colorado and I was shooting whitewater photography and I was like, yeah. let's try this again. I'm, I'm out of college. I'm old and mature now. <laughs> Total flop because I had no brand position. I had pictures of like food next to whitewater rafting, next to headshots. I mean, it was just really confusing. So this was actually my third attempt at officially like starting my photography Mm -hmm. business. But because it was successful, we've started so many like from an Airbnb to Mike quitting his corporate job and starting his business to an Apple Crate business, which was really successful. So like we we had a business and not a lot of people know this. It's it's called it was called Chattapaka. And it was right right as the pandemic started, uh, we started having phone calls, jumping on Zoom calls with our alpacas and goats um, with like kindergarten oh. classes and and corporate oh, meetings, yeah. which was, yeah, it was so <laughs> random and it lasted for maybe like three months. But it just gave us the confidence of, well, why the heck not? Why why, mm-hmm. why not move into something new? Yeah. Um, so you're, you're absolutely right. It just gives you this this different different level of confidence confidence. And even if you don't have the confidence necessarily, you're not afraid to fail. Yeah, absolutely. I think once you start a business, you kind of have like the framework of how another business could work and it just makes it feel more possible for sure. 
Right, right. Yeah, there's there's a different level of comfort when you and like also what that timeline looks like. I mean, I know for us, it was really liberating to go, if this doesn't take off in two months, that just means we're, we got to try something different. And with like, at least with like Chattapaka, we were like, yeah, we're burnout on this. This isn't worth coming home, leaving like running home from the grocery store to put our alpacas on a phone call. (laughs) Um, but, but like with at least like for, for me moving into the coaching world and the mentorship world, I knew it was going to take a little bit of time. Like I I knew I was going to have to lay that foundation because I've already done it before. And so I was able to give myself grace, um, which I think the first time around is a lot harder when you're like forcing it and you're angry if it's not taking off and you doubt yourself and you get on social media with all these people who look like they're successful overnight, which is not the case. Um, it's very defeating. And so I feel like, yeah, definitely the second time around, you have a lot more grace for yourself and Mm -hmm. uh, give yourself a little more flexibility. Speaking of, you know, failures in business, what has been one of your favorite failures, Erin, that like kind of helped pivot you in one direction or another, whether it was a client or just an experience, or maybe you did a website and then accidentally the whole thing got deleted, which has happened to us before. (laughs) And I wanted to die everywhere. Tell me what was what's been your favorite failure? That's a good question. Again, I so I there is an experience that I had early on. I'm so when you're doing websites, there's so much to know, as you know, technically, uh, in the back end, especially with WordPress. And this happened to be a WordPress. Word, one of my first websites was WordPress. WordPress is like, very. It's such a gregarious not user-friendly, but very wonderful platform, but it is not drag and drop by any stretch of the imagination. So, and then there's so much to know on the like hosting end. So that's where my, um, I think I tried to set the new site live and then essentially it took down the whole site and the whole site was down for, (laughs) and I, I mean, I was literally, so nervous and anxious. The client was great. You know, she was really understanding and everything, but I, I think I was, I remember it was like over Thanksgiving or something and I just couldn't, that was the only thing I could think about. I was like, I got to get this fixed. I got to get this fixed. And after, you know, sitting on chat with maybe her hosting or something, I finally, finally figured it out, but that just was so nerve wracking. And um, it ended up being fine. But I think that just really, uh, for me, solidified the fact that like, there is a lot to know a a lot. And how I kind of came out of that was I now I have like a hosting if, if I only if I do WordPress, I have a hosting platform that I really trust. And I kind of, I require people to host on there if they're on WordPress. So now I have a full setup that I understand from the back end, but right. I also have a hosting company that's like really like in my back pocket if I need, if I need them. So yeah. who's, who, who's the hosting company? Um, It's called Flywheel. Ooh, I've never heard of them. That's yeah. great to know. So they're like WordPress experts and they just have like great security and everything. And I just, yeah, I feel really great having, again, having that resource in my back pocket in case ever anything I have, I've had a website get hacked. Uh, make sure your, you know, username and passwords aren't like admin and then like one, two, three, four. Um, <laughs> yeah. Like, well, essentially that's what happened, um, on the site. But like, anyway, this hosting company was there, like ready to, you know, figure it out, take out all the malware or whatever was in there. So 
Right. Learn from that mistake. (laughs) No, I I think with websites, one thing that people should know is like, if it can go wrong, it will. And just be ready for it. Because, oh my gosh, Erin, the times that I've ended up with migraines, because something happened with our website. And Mike is like, my, my husband's like, honey, it'll work out. And I'm like, but this is everything. Like we're in booking season and we don't yeah. have um, one of our uh, brides, Caroline, they got married in 2015 or 2016. And this was like 2020 or 2021. And she was trying to refer her brother to us. And she called me and said, did you know that your website is a front for a Canadian pharmaceutical company? And oh I God. went like white. I was like, yeah. What? And you never so, want to get that news. Oh my gosh. So I logged, I tried to log on to the website and I had a very like, I thought encrypted password yeah. and I'll be damned. Our whole website had turned into a Canadian and this was like, after, you know, eight, nine years of SEO and I, oh, we, yeah. we host with GoDaddy. Yeah. Literally, I have their phone number on my phone yeah. and I called them and I was like, do something. <laughs> so they were like, we'll take care of it. And they took care of everything. Our website was back in like less than 24 hours. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, that stuff, I mean, and this was eight years into our business and having right. our website and I yeah. wanted to puke everywhere. It was just, <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. E- e- even still, I mean, weird things will happen on the website. Like we lost all of our blogs for two years because I had like backed up our website and then I didn't realize that it wasn't automatically backing up. Um, now it does. It backups every right. day. It backs up every say, day now. Very important. <laughs> right. But it, it, it wasn't doing that. And so I had manually backed it up. But then we did a whole bunch of blogs. And then we redid the website. And I thought that all had that all that had carried over. And we yeah. lost two years worth of SEO from these blogs that we had worked so hard on. Oh, my gosh. And so, and again, this just happened last year. Like, this was not beginner's. Yeah beginner stuff this was like I just wasn't thinking about it and so Mm -hmm. if it can go wrong with your website it will just be prepared to like mentally compose yourself and yeah get a really good host that knows what they're doing we love GoDaddy and you said yours is fly fly wheel yeah flywheel we'll Mm -hmm. put those in the show notes it does make a huge difference to have have a host who knows what they're doing yeah Erin, do you have do you have any programs, courses, anything coming up that you want our listeners to know about that they could be invited to work with you on? Yeah, I do. Um, okay, so one thing that I'm doing for the rest of the year is half off my website audit. So a website audit is where I would like deep dive, of course, as sort of that like external. I mean, essentially, I can look at it as one of your customers, um, which is hard to do for your own website. <laughs> Um, so if you're kind of like, Oh, you know, I think my website's all right, but I feel like it could be improved. I'm not sure how, then I think a website audit is a great thing to do. And then I essentially give you action steps for how to improve your website. So I have, I'm offering for the rest of the year, 50% off that, which puts it at like one, it's about 150. Um, and we do a zoom call to like go over my suggestions and everything. So you get like a really comprehensive idea and we can chat about like, certain or dive into certain aspects more if you want. And then really, so I used to offer templates, Squarespace recently updated 
their entire editor. So <laughs> I um, decided to put those on pause for the moment. So I'm not doing that um, right now. I'm kind of like focusing on my own rebrand and then maybe we'll create some new templates in the future. But I do have some other resources. Like I sell all of my client workbooks on my website. So if you just, and then those are a great place just to start. So my like business and brand vision worksheet, my website strategy worksheet, there's a content writing worksheet on there. Um, and then of course, um, you know, working with clients on branding and website design, really probably by the time this podcast comes out, I don't know that I'll have any spots left for 2022. Um, so we're looking at 2023 projects, but yeah, I'm always happy to be here as a resource just for questions or anything. You can find me on Instagram at Hello Rising Tide. My website is hellorisingtide.com. And yeah, that's sort of what I got these days. <laughs> awesome. And I will say having somebody audit your website is pure gold, especially for 150 bucks. Like I know whenever, like whenever we launch our site, you know, or rebrand or something, we'll send it out to people and you get the feedback that you expect from like your mom who's like, honey, it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> and my sister's like, oh my gosh, that picture. But to have somebody go through and go, this link did not work. You're, this is yeah. misspelled. I, this is not a clear call to action. You need to move this up before the fold. Like some people don't mm -hmm. even know what the fold is and what you need to have before the fold on your website. And so to have somebody go through with a fine tooth comb mm. is such a gift. So that's amazing that you offer that, Erin, because I may oh, have to nice. have you go through ours and just make sure that like <laughs> nothing's misspelled. Yeah. And I love doing, I mean, I love doing them because it's just, I love looking at websites in general, but just kind of figuring out, well, how can we do this just a bit better? Right. And it's right. hard to take that object objective view of your own website um, and to really step into that like user, those, the user shoes. <laughs> so yeah, I think if anybody wants to take advantage of that, it is a great resource. Perfect. And we'll put all of Erin's links in the show notes as well. So you can get in right. touch with her. Erin, I love ending our time with this question. When was the last time that you did not feel like enough? Oh man. I mean, probably yesterday. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have a, actually have a new business coach these days that I'm working with. And our call this, this week, we were talking specifically kind of about like where I kind of get these ideas of like, oh, I'm not doing enough or like my, uh, I don't know, branding strategy isn't enough. And where I get those from is from comparing myself to other people. <laughs> so yeah, that is definitely like something that I need to work on and, and sort of step back into that mindset of, I do this in my own way. It doesn't have to be a cookie cutter of like what everybody else is doing. So I, I think that just comes from like wanting to serve my clients the best that I can. Um, and I don't think that's a bad conversation to continue to have with yourself throughout business. It's just like, how can I just up level this just a little bit more? So yeah, I mean, I think yesterday is probably when I didn't feel enough. Yeah. One of the things that I pride myself in which I don't, it might seem weird to pride yourself in this, but I think entrepreneurs are really good at it, is question everything. Question yeah. how people are doing their business. Question everything about your life. Question where you're living. Question how you're parenting. I mean, we question literally everything. I mean, what, what food we're buying? Is it good enough? And I think that 
kind of embracing that as an entrepreneur, it's what gives you that edge and it's what keeps you going. And it's what also can be your kryptonite that like makes you feel like you're absolutely worthless, but you need to, <laughs> like you, you need to have it. I need to know what I can do better in, but also yeah. it can very quickly take over, but I commend you for, for digging deeper and moving through the uncomfortable um, those uncomfortable feelings to know, like knowing that you're going to come out better and only better serve your clients and yourself on the other mm -hmm. side. Absolutely. Yeah. I a hundred percent agree. Oh, Aaron, thank you so <laughs> much for bringing oh, your expertise you. and showing, showing up here fully today. I'm so grateful for our relationship and I'm so grateful for what specifically you're doing in our community. I love seeing all the small businesses that I support. I love seeing like their brand new website <laughs> show up on your Instagram. I'm like, oh my gosh, I know that person and I know their business and now everybody else is going to know it as well. So um, again, check out the show notes to get in touch with Erin and we will see you all next time. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you.